That is the sound of a thousand terrible things heading this way. To Star Wars something. I'm your host, Daniel. Uh, well, from here on out, uh, it looks like it's just going to be me. So um, it's going to be a little bit different, but uh, we'll perhaps have a few different uh, guest hosts as we go along. A few housekeeping things. Uh, we also had some technical issues last week. We skipped a week. We had some RSS feed stuff going on. Um, so if you find this on SoundCloud, you you may uh, those of you coming from Twitter you'll notice that you'll have to resubscribe to Google Play or iTunes. All you have to do is just search for Star Wars something again, and it should pop right back up, and and you'll be good to go once you resubscribe. With that, let's go ahead and move into news. There wasn't too much going on this week, um, you know, as we're still in that build up to celebration. Uh, few things came out. There was something today. Today is March 21st, by the way, uh, when we're recording. Um, Star Wars Newsnet, they had an article up. There's going to be three planets that we've already seen in the Star Wars trilogies or the Star Wars, you know, the prequel and the original trilogy showing up in the sequel trilogy. Uh, those are going to be in spoilers ahead. So anyone wants to to pause here for a second. But those are going to be uh, Tatooine, it looks like, is what they're talk- they're hearing. Uh, followed by the uh, Forest Moon of Endor, and then Mustafar. Uh, so all of those planets have a connection to Darth Vader. Obviously, Tatooine is where Darth Vader came from. You know, was born. You have Endor where he dies, and in the middle there, as we've seen the uh, Mustafar, where everything happening in Episode Three, and then the Rogue One with his castle being there. So those are going to be showing up right here in a new in a. Hopefully, in the sequel trilogy, I wouldn't mind seeing, personally, I'd love to see Naboo show up again. Um, That's one of my favorite planets that came out of the prequel trilogy, and it would just be neat to see some sort of tie-in back with that, with the Skywalkers and everything, if if, with Kylo Ren and everything, uh, if things go that way. The other bit of news we had, you know, Rogue One should be coming out on digital copy, I think it's the 24th uh, of this week, so... Don't be uh, make sure you pick up that. But uh, Entertainment Weekly uh, revealed some details about the end, the original ending of the movie. I don't know if you if you if you followed the, I don't know what Gareth Edwards was talking about. The original idea was well, Disney's not going to let us kill anyone, so we got to go ahead and save these characters, which they did. And when they finally started to film and all that, Disney surprisingly. Um, was like, no, why are they still alive? You know, it doesn't make sense. And, and one of them kind of gave him the okay to, to kill off those characters. But with that, uh, we have a few details coming out of this article about, you know, what that possible ending would have been, the happier ending. Um, so it looks like, 
basically, uh, Anthony Bresnikin spoke with the original screenwriter, Gary Whitta, pointing out that, like, Baz and Shirit, uh, they weren't even going to be in the movie orig- originally. Um, Jen was enlisted as a sergeant in the Rebellion, which is interesting because if you get the Black Series figure, it says Sergeant Jen Urso on it. And obviously, in the version of Rogue One we saw, that, does, that doesn't happen. And then, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately for him, K2SO still died. After the transfer is made of the plans, Jen and Cassian get back to you know, the ship and are able to escape uh, via an, an escape pod. What's neat, if you go back and you watch the original, there's also another talk about some of the, you know, we're not getting deleted scenes on this Blu-ray. It, there's also been talk on uh, online, if you watch some of the trailers, the satellite dish being a lot smaller than it was. And that originally, basically, what they had to do was get the plans and then run across the beach to the other side of the Imperial base on Scarif and and then get to the satellite facility to transfer those. So that's another different thing. If you go back and look at those trailers, that was that was different. And ideally, the TIE fighter, um, and I don't know if this has been confirmed or just speculated, that TIE fighter we saw originally that uh, Jen faces actually had Cassian inside it. Um so there's been a few a few different things floating around. Hopefully, eventually we'll get um, just more definitive on a, on how all that went down. It's it's sad that we didn't get the Force Awakens the making of book that was already in print, like we have with A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and uh, The Return of the Jedi. Those are all great books, and and the Force Awakens one, um, by all accounts, was canceled. Uh, was in the works and it would be nice that that's one thing that for better or worse it seems like uh lucasfilm was a little bit more open with the behind the scenes stuff uh back in the day before the disney merger no i don't know what the what the deal is with that if maybe they just it could just be too that maybe there's just not a profit for that as much anymore with the internet and everything just kind of being out in there anyway maybe actually making specific material for that it's just not something that they see a need to to go forward with. So that's what was going on with the news uh, here lately. And uh, let's go ahead and get into some of the latest Rebels episodes. All right, so like I said, we've been off. There's uh, been two episodes that have come and gone the past week. Uh, the first one being the double agent droid. I wasn't going to talk about that much. Um, it was kind of a hit or miss kind of thing. I didn't necessarily, the episode is, uh, overall I didn't have a problem with. Uh, you know, it's one of those things like maybe if you were to watch it, it seems like something like back in the 80s would have been like, or the 90s would have been that, episode that happens and then at the end you find out it was a dream um ap5 singing wasn't a huge deal it wasn't a big deal for me the refreshers thing was kind of weird um but i think it was all in good fun really the only thing that ironically which was the cool part hair was awesome in this episode um but the whole overloading the feedback link uh with 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 chopper there at the end it just seems something to me that it's like 
you almost think to yourself, okay, well, why aren't we just doing this every time? You know, why aren't we locking onto a signal and overloading it that way? Uh, I'm sure there's an explanation to it, but that was the only thing that I just, it was so far-fetched, even for a kid's thing. I, I That's something like as a kid, I think I would have probably would have kind of thrown me a little bit. But I thought, you know, maybe the timing of the episode was wrong. You know, maybe earlier in the year might have to put this episode in would have been better because um, they've had such a, a a good streak of these strong uh, episodes with the storyline going. I didn't mind it. The AP5 singing thing actually, it was weird at first, but it's actually kind of funny. And uh, I wish they would have left him out there, though, because he seemed awfully happy. The other episode, the, the other episode, uh, which just aired a few days ago, was The Twin Sons. We've been waiting for this all year. It's the Obi-Wan versus Darth Maul. You know, um, it starts off, we see Darth Maul. He's, he's kind of reverted back to that mental state that when he came back into the Clone Wars, when he was on the, the dumpster planet, you know, he, he's kind of losing his, his mind a little bit again. He's yelling, you know, especially when he yells Kenobi out in the desert, uh, which is just a neat, it, it almost, it, it's really neat that, that Sam Whitward can sell something like that, and you totally believe it. Um, as we see in the episode, Maul's aiming to draw Obi-Wan out. Uh, at the beginning, and to do this, he's going to use Ezra, and he uses the the holocrons uh, to kind of manipulate them, which they don't really get into, but he uses them, uh, manipulates them to kind of get a hold of Ezra, which which he's going to use to draw Obi Wan out is is by the means of Ezra. So Ezra steals an A wing, choppers hidden on board. They go to Tatooine, and then using the holocrons to guide him in the force or to guide him uh using the force to he's he's trying to find maul ezra lands and then upon finding some shards of the sith holocron him and chopper are ambushed by tuscan raiders which i don't know the way they did tuscan tuscan raiders in this was great it really gave him a threat you get to a new hope you know you really see why obi-wan doesn't really want to be around him even though he seems to overcome him in new hope um, the, the, the danger that they have, uh, that whole scene, just seeing Tuscan Raiders again, being a threat like that, not a joke, you know, not, not a character that kind of thrown aside. You see the stuff in, uh, attack of the clones and, and the threat of the things that they probably did to his mother, you know, the brutality and everything. So that was real neat, neat to have them back. Um, so their A-wing gets destroyed and Ezra is forced to, forced to walk and he's following the Jedi holocrons. And he eventually follows him into the desert because that's where he's he's thinking he's he's seeing Maul, and um, so he goes out into the desert. It's a very C three PO R two D to to a New Hope thing where them going their separate ways. Chopper goes ahead and follows him, and they head out into the desert together. Now, eventually, Chopper loses power, and Ezra becomes delirious, and we see Obi Wan save him. And at this point. What Maul has wanted to have happen has happened. Obi-Wan's gotten drawn out, uh, and he's used Ezra to do that. When we get back with Obi-Wan, which is great, uh, Stephen Stanton does a great voice. Uh, He's pretty much spot on as Obi-Wan. It's still kind of weird, because not knowing that that's not James Arnold Taylor, you kind of want to... 
I don't know. It'd be, it 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 would have been nice to have James Arnold Taylor there. Nothing against Steven Stanton. That's just that's who our Obi Wan's been for so long, and it's kind of hard not to have him be Obi Wan anymore. It almost seems like Lucasfilm is almost David Proust him out of the out of some stuff because he's just he was everywhere for a long time, and now we don't see him anywhere around Star Wars. It's a great representation of Obi Wan. I thought you you get the feeling that he's not the person he was before that he's been out there studying the force the things he says it's just it, it has that wisdom of that obi-wan has um you know he he explains to ezra that maul used his fears to deceive ezra and uh, manipulated the truth and then i think the best line which comes up uh, later on between a conversation between him and maul is that he says the truth is often what we make of it. And, you know, it's very similar to that uh, point of view thing he, he tells Luke. So while they're having this conversation, Maul shows up and Ezra's sent on his way. And this is what we've been kind of waiting for. And it's, it's, it's not the fight we may have all wanted to get, but it's a very, I think after having watched it a few times, it's a very, it's very samurai. It's, it's, it's the root of everything that, you know, Lucas kind of put in the Star Wars, the old samurai movies, Kurosawa and all that. Um, and the and the fight after having watched it, I don't really mind it that much. Um, it was shocking at first, but then you see a lot of things. You see, you know, Maul's aggression. It shows how aggressive Maul, Maul is. He's just, he's wanted this for so long. Obi-Wan just sets up. You see Obi-Wan change his stance almost like he's using the force. This isn't the Obi-Wan that he's focused on. How am I going to fight this guy? This is Obi-Wan almost just like I, you know, he's just letting the force guide his movements. He's above it. You know, as he told Maul, look what I look what I left behind or whatever, something like that. It's a very quick fight uh, capped off by you immediately see it's it's three strikes and it's over with, but and the main last strike is with Maul trying to do what he did to Qui-Gon, which is hit the blunt of his uh, lightsaber hilt into Obi-Wan's face. And Obi-Wan, being prepared for that, just slices right through him. Fortunately, this time, vertically instead of horizontally. Apparently, that's how you kill a Sith Lord, uh, is you just got to cut him the right way. Another nice thing about this fight is, uh, you know, Obi-Wan... He doesn't just get right into the fight like we've seen before. He actually, it's almost that knowledge and defense. You know, he's hes shown his knowledge, and the only way he's going to fight somebody is through defense, and he's defending Luke. When Once once Maul realizes that Obi-Wan is protecting someone, that's what makes uh, uh, Obi-Wan fight. And uh, and the end of Maul is, is, is pretty sad. Um because he just didn't stand a chance. This is someone that, you know, we we know he's been training through the force with with uh, Qui-Gon. You just get this feeling that Darth Maul is still at the same force ability level that he was at Phantom Menace. And Obi-Wan Kenobi has just so far surpassed him. You know, that his reliance on the force is just way beyond anything. You know, his lightsaber technique may not be as fancy, but it doesn't need to be. Because... It's it's just not an equal fight. This isn't Obi Wan versus the Chosen One, which we'll get into. But this isn't Obi Wan versus Darth Vader, which we see in A New Hope, or Obi Wan versus Anakin. They're very equal in their power, so it makes sense that there's more lightsaber battle going on. This is 
Obi-Wan, at the height of his Jedi abilities with the Force, just just brushing off Darth Maul. I mean, it just shows that, yeah, Darth Maul has the quick and easy path, but Obi-Wan's put his time in here with the Force. And that's what's made him more powerful. The dark side isn't stronger. It's just quicker and easier. So Obi-Wan got, uh, so Darth Maul may have been stronger than Obi-Wan uh, in some ways in The Phantom Menace and early on. But sticking to the light side, Obi-Wan's clearly surpassed him. And you even see the parallels with Obi-Wan, you know, catching Darth Maul, talking about the Chosen One the same way as Qui-Gon did. Now, the thing is, Obi-Wan says, uh, makes mention that Luke is the chosen one, implies that. And I know a lot of people have said, well, Anakin's the chosen one. Uh, George Lucas has said Anakin's the chosen one. And I don't, and it's up, to, it's still up to debate. I, I'm kind of in the group that I would like Luke to be the chosen one, you know? Um, I always love the fact that here's another person that wants to give Luke a destiny. You know, we, yeah, just another person that wants to say, well, this is the way, you know, this is what your purpose was that you were born to do, or this is what you were born to do, so you have to do it. And Luke's constantly showed that there isn't anything such as destiny, it's the choices that we make. And I thought that was fantastic. You know, here, Darth Maul wants him to avenge him. You know, like, that's what he's chosen to do. And Obi-Wan's, it's a point of view thing. Obi-Wan might think he's the chosen one in the fact that he's going to restore the Jedi at this point. You know, it could be, and I know it's probably not, but it could be something like that. It's very hard to, and I know I think Pablo Hidalgo said that somebody, just because a fictional character says something's true doesn't make it true. But at the same time, Obi-Wan's been talking to the Force for the past 20 years out in the desert. And... I feel like if the Force is telling him that Luke Skywalker is the chosen one, then Luke Skywalker is the chosen one. And that's probably the only thing. Obi-Wan was done so well in this thing that probably the only one that it's not to me that whether George Lucas said it or the story group said it, it makes sense to me that Obi-Wan is saying this. And it makes sense that if he says it, then it's true. And that was a great part about this. And it's a great thing about Star Wars is that, and why I like this episode is that you get to have that debate. And that's a, a really, really neat thing that I've always loved is when you can have these fun little story things that don't really matter. We all take it, you know, we kind of take it more serious, but it's fun. It's fun to talk about stuff. There's a lot of other stuff we could talk about that's just annoying in the world, and it's nice to have that. Um, and this episode is, is really nice because we see that ending of. Obi-Wan watching over Luke. You see Luke running back. Uh, we get the, uh, I believe, just a, a, a redub of Aunt Brew's voice from A New Hope. So that was all really neat. Ezra goes back to his family. A lot of Some people have said, was Ezra really supposed to be here? I mean, you could have done it without him, but his, his name is Ezra Bridger. He bridged a storyline between Darth Maul from the Clone Wars to coming back to, to here. So, I mean, I don't have a problem with him being there. I would, it, it's one of those tricky things. It's like everyone will say, well, why don't we do a two-parter and get a ton of time with Obi-Wan and Darth Maul? Well, the problem is if you do two-parter and you get a ton of time with Obi-Wan and Darth Maul, you got a ton of time you got to fill and you got to not step on storytelling that's already been established in 
a new hope or or in the in the prequel trilogy or whatever you just it seems to me the way they did it was the smartest way because you get your point across and you're not messing with canon too much so with that that'll be the end of this week's episode um i know it was kind of short guys we're i'm trying to figure out a way to do this it's going to be a little weird um probably going to be me solo so the episodes are going to be a little bit shorter and you know it, it's it's going to sound a little bit like the first few episodes I, I, we did before and then we'll kind of find our stride um, you can reach out to us at uh, Star Wars something 66 at gmail.com if you want to reach us on Twitter it's SW something is the uh, is the Twitter handle and uh, if you got any questions or anything hey that would be a big help give us uh, something to, if you have any ideas stuff to go over on the show if uh uh, you know, just general Star Wars questions. And we're also going to go into some other things. So it doesn't have to be Star Wars. You know, that's why we named it Star Wars something. So we can include some other things. So um, that's going to do it for me here, though. So uh, I guess we'll see you guys later. Hey, still don't know how to end the show. Good night.